0: Over summer I fitted a cupboard, there wasn't anyone behind me of screw fix to bring in the background to say well done in our kitchen Uh, and I think there's a picture that will come up of me um, with the the wardrobe and so I built it by hand and I was particularly pleased because it was free, it was some leftover wood that I was able to make. And um, I admired it, but what was even more special was when my wife Cathy came over, and said, Good job. I'm proud of you. Isn't it great to be told, Well done? Isn't it great? We all love to hear, Well done. Great job. And today, what I want to do is, I want to look at what God says for us in terms of being a good and faithful servant. I want to look at how we can really engage with God and do what he says so he, so we can just hear those words from him. Well done, good and faithful servant. And so um, Paul's prayed for me, but I actually just want to pray for for each of us because I just feel that God needs to speak to us, and as a result, soften our heart. So, Father God, I just pray that that as I share from your word this morning, God, would you soften our hearts so that we're able to hear, so that we're able to listen, and in listening, we'll hear your truths that will lead us closer to you and honour you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, before I get into the meat of the message um, today, I just wanted to give a little bit of a backdrop of this message because this is part two of the message. And um, last week I shared how I took a retreat. I went away for three days to hear from God to ask what is it that you've got for me? And actually, what he's also said is whatever, what you know he's told me, but he's also said that is for us as a church in the season ahead. And so what God said to me was from Matthew 25, 23, well done, good and faithful servant. And if you recall from last week, and I'm, I'm recalling this over a few minutes because Kathy, my wife, who is a teacher, tells me the importance of teaching is a lot of going through to remind you. And so. God said to me, good, well done, good and faithful servant. And I said, no, I can't receive that. I can't receive that because I'm not a Dave and Sue. I'm not a a pastor or Christian who's been doing it for decades and decades. And I can't receive that. I know my flaws. I know my sin. um, And I struggle to be able to receive that word that he gave me. And so God directed me to Psalm 103 12, which says, He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is the west. And I struggled with that scripture. I understood it, but there was a blockage between my mind and my heart. I could not get to grips with the fact that my sin had been removed and it no longer existed. Because as humans, we can forgive, we can give it to God. But we can't just delete memories we don't want to have. And so God showed me, because I went to him and said, I'm struggling with this, God. God showed me that in order for me to understand the scripture, I needed to read it through the eyes of the father, not of the child. And so as a loving father, assured me that when I see my children and they say, will you forgive me, daddy? And I say, yes, that's it. The sin is forgotten about so that when I see them the next time, I'm not thinking, um, you know, when they've just given me an amazing smile or they've said, I love you, or they've given me a hug as I walk in the door. I'm not seeing that through the lens of, yeah, but you did this this morning. No, I simply, that is nonsense. It's forgiven sin, it's gone, and so I can just see my children just with absolute joy, love, and forgiveness. And that's what God has for us. If you missed last week, then you probably need to go and listen to it on our podcasts to hear more about that. So as God started to reveal this to me, um, understanding that forgiven sin is erased. It's gone. It doesn't exist. A little bit like when you've got your computer... You might put the rubbish, the files in the trash can or the waste bin, but they're still actually there, just hidden. But what God does then is He goes empty trash, and it's gone. It's deleted. You can't find those files on your computer because they've ceased, they've ceased to exist. And so it's the same with what God does with our sin, He deletes it. And just as a, an aside here, I want to say is. When you read scripture, or when God says something to you that you don't understand, that's okay. Okay? Because God is God. We were never made to fully understand the creator in his entirety, this side of heaven. And so it's okay that we don't understand fully In Ephesians 3.19, it says, May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand. Then you will be made complete with the fullness of life and power that comes from God to know his love that surpasses knowledge. So it actually says in, in the Bible, you can't fully understand. That's not to say we leave it there. We go to God and we say, God, would you reveal what this means? We can speak to other Christians and see if they can... Uh, shed some wisdom, we can read commentaries, we can read books, but even at the end of that, sometimes we just have to say, I don't fully get it, but I'm okay with that, as long as we know the basic foundation that God loved us and God forgave us. And so if anyone comes to you with a question that you're overwhelmed with, you don't need to be embarrassed, you don't need to be scared, you can sometimes just say, you know what? I'm struggling with that as well. Let's talk about it. Let's pray about it. Because that is where God often wants to speak into to reveal truths to you that only he can give, but you've got to ask him. But when we do get to heaven, he'll blow our minds. He'll fully reveal everything that we could never fully understand on earth. So now that I understood this scripture that God had said to me, well done, good and faithful servant, um, I was now in a place where I was able to receive God's original words for me. And what I want to do is share with you the parable. Um, we, it can be referred to as the parable of the talents, the parable of the servants. Um, we're just going to, um, we're not using the word talents, because talents is something that is confusing in a sense. It's an old measurement of wealth. and So we're just going to refer to the bags of gold. Okay, So um, we've got some bags of gold Um, here, and so what we need to imagine, that's not the one with the golden, we've got to imagine, okay, that there is um, a wealthy um, landowner, and he's got these bags of gold, okay, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of paraphrase it, I'll be using some specific scripture in there, but largely what I'll be doing is kind of trying to reduce it in length and explain it um, a little bit, so, So in the parable, Jesus describes a man who goes on a journey entrusting his his servants with his wealth and possessions in his absence. And to one servant, he gives five bags of gold. And just so we can kind of get that sticking in your head, okay? we're going to call him Fred. Fred for five. Okay, so Fred five has got his bags of gold. Um, And then... He's got another servant who gives two. So we've got two Tony. He gives his bags. And then finally, um, we've got a third one. He gives one, two. But zero doesn't work. All doesn't work. So we're going to call him one Wally. Okay. So we've got one Wally. And I'm just trying to kind of put in there to actually make it a little bit more, you know, that these are sort of real people to us. Okay. So the master entrusts these bags of gold. And the parable goes on that the servants, five Fred and two, Tony, uh, were good servants. They used the master's money well, investing it in such a way that when the master returned, they handed back double what they were given. But then we've got one, Wally, and he wasn't so wise. As he went, as the master went, um, he was scared about the master. He didn't want to kind of upset him and lose the money, so because he didn't want to take any risks, he just buried the master's money. And so when the master comes back to, and returns, five Fred and two Tony say, this is what we've got. And they are praised uh, and because they've been entrusted with the master's wealth and they have done well. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. The master said to each of them, you were faithful with a few things and I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And then one Wally, who was fearful and negligent, um, steps forward. And he said, Master, effectively, I didn't want to take the risk. I didn't want to upset you. I've got one bag of gold as you gave me. And the master says, wicked, lazy, worthless servant. And he actually took that bag off Wally and said, no, I'm giving that five Fred because you've not done a good job I entrusted with you something and you were too scared to actually follow through I've spent years teaching you how to manage all these things and when you had the opportunity on your own you didn't take it and so what I've done is as I was away on that retreat and God said well done good and faithful servant it got me thinking how many times has god said to me well done good and faithful servant so i tracked back to over the last 22 years back to when i was 18 and i realized over that 22 years god has actually said to me well done good and faithful servant five times five times it's not that he's never said anything good to me aside from those five times on a daily basis he'd be saying you know well done on that james you know good work keep seeking me He would show me his love, his encouragement for me. But there were five specific times over those 22 years where God said, well done, good and faithful servant. And can I encourage you each over the next couple of days to do that yourself? Go away on your own, you know, in a room, in your office, close the door, get the distractions out the way, and just start to think through and pray through, God, when have you told me good and faithful servant? Because in doing that, God can teach you so much about the journey you've been on. And so that's homework for you to go away and make a list. For some of you, um, you know, hopefully there'll be a long list if you've been walking with God for 70 years of how many times he said, well done, good and faithful servant. But um, I'm going to talk today about three things that God has taught me through those series of five times he said, well done, good and faithful servant. Now the thing that jumped off the text for me, which I was just amazed by as I was reading, was that Matthew 25, 19 says, after a long time, the master returned from his trip. So what does that mean? That means the master went, and he didn't give a return date when he was going to be back. So his servants didn't know when that was going to take place. And there is no doubt that the two servants, five Fred and two Tony, who were doing a great job, there's no doubt that there'll have been times where they thought, Now's the time that the master should return. You know, maybe 5 Fred has invested in crops and agriculture, and there's been a bumper harvest. And actually, he's not only got 10 bags of gold, he's got 15 bags of gold. He's lauded. It's the best possible time, and he thinks, if the master comes back now, this is going to be awesome. And in fact, if the master does come back, and says, well done, good and faithful servant, he will most likely be saying, yes, I nailed it. But who knows that so often, when we would possibly expect or hope for well, good, well done, good and faithful servant, it doesn't actually necessarily happen. Because sometimes we just walk through things and it's really easy, we see great fruit, but actually the master quite possibly came back at a later date where they've gone through some things. Where the next year, there was a failed harvest. And so all of a sudden, five Fred from going from 15 bags, he's right down and he's low, and he's not got many. And so actually he's really got to work very hard to not only regain what he's been given, but to get back to where he, where, where he wants to be. And I found it's the same with God is that we don't know when God is going to bring a change of season. And I want to unpack a little bit that there's many times we would like a change of season that God doesn't bring that change of season. But when he does, he does in his time scale because he wanted us not to have this sense of, yes, I deserve God's praise now. I have done a great job, and when God then says, well done, you say, yes, I did really well. Actually, what he wants to do is he he lets us go through difficult times, like we've been talking about in, in worship this morning, we go through difficult times because that brings so much more strength, and the fruit we produce then really has us invested into it, and he wants to work through us in those difficult times. And so what I want to do is just draw out three things that God has said to me as I've unpacked this scripture. And I believe these are going to be things that are really going to be helpful to you. Because for most of us, and there might be some people here who have recently heard, well done, good and faithful servant. But the truth is, is because those well and good and faithful servants are the bookends of going through quite a long time often, of being the season where we've got to push through and we've got to seek God, that we don't spend all our lives in well-done, good and faithful servant territory. Often we're in between those times seeking God. And so for, for most of you, if you're in that middle season, then here's some things that I'm hoping will really apply to you as I share them of what I've learned. So one of the things that God might say to you is, when, and this is when you, are, you feel like you're ready, you, you, know, you want to move on to the next thing, the next season. He says, you're not ready. You're not ready. But I am God, I am God. And No, you're not ready. And I can say, for the last eight years, I served Pastor Dave and Sue. And that's a long time. And if I'm honest, it wasn't always easy. In fact, at times it was extremely hard and I had to learn a lot. And after five years into that eight, I was ordained. And so now I've got the title of reverend and that made me think, I'm ready now, God. Can I take the lead? Can you take Sue and Dave aside so that I can step in? But I wasn't ready. And if Sue and Dave are listening to this podcast, I actually want to say, Thank you so much for giving the grace towards me. For many times, they could have, well, they could have really told me off, but they bit their lip and saw what God was doing in me. And they could have said, James, you have no idea what it is to be a pastor. It's a lot harder than you think. But in their grace, they didn't. They allowed me to go on that journey. And so. At the end of that season, and this is so often in our lives, it's only when we look back that we then realize, oh, I wasn't ready. I thought I was ready. I thought I was ready three years ago, and I was pushing. And God said, no, you're not ready. And so maybe for many of you, there is a season where you feel you're ready for something new, and God's saying, you're not ready yet. And we have to take comfort in knowing that God knows God's in control. And if he's saying not ready, don't try and force his hand and push. You need to take that he's not ready. And that's part of the thing of of stopping, looking through all the previous times when he said, well done, good and faithful servant, so that you can learn, actually, you were right every time, God, when you brought that season of change. And I I like to imagine, uh, back to our servants, one wally. And he's thinking, why didn't the master give me two bags of gold? I could have handled them. But God knew that he couldn't handle the pressure. The truth is, he needed a lot more work because he couldn't handle the pressure of one bag of gold. But God knows what we're ready for. We might think we're ready but we don't know the extra burdens and challenges and quite possibly in the spiritual realms attacks that will come when he brings a new season for us. Where he will give us more but we're not ready. And God looks after what he gives out. He doesn't give it foolishly. He gives it to us when he knows we are ready. And so what I would say now is, is God speaking to you right now? Is He saying to you, not yet. You're not yet ready. And if we're honest, this isn't something we want to hear. We always want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. You've nailed it. Here's something else. And we never like to hear that you're not ready yet. But let's remember, God's in control. And if we went when we thought we were ready for everything that would come, our lives would just end up in chaos. So if you're in that season where God's saying, "Not re- you're not ready yet, then seek him. Maybe he wants to reveal why you're not ready, but quite often he doesn't. And through the difficulties that you face of wanting to move on when God said you're not ready, he'll prepare you. He will open you to, up to opportunities and experiences that will strengthen you and will equip you. A second thing um, God said to me and says to us on a, on a regular basis is, you're not ready yet because I want to work on your character. You see, you might be capable of so much more on a given area. You might possess the wisdom, the maturity for something next, for something bigger, for whatever he's got, but God wants to work on your character. When I worked at, at a high street bank for six years, I spent the first three years, and it was great, and I enjoyed the job. There was some change in management, and my last three years working at the bank, I hated there was a lot of bad management there was a real toxic culture of this sort of big brother monitoring where everything was checked and you went into work feeling stressed and fearful and i wanted to move on to what was next was i worthy of a promotion absolutely i can say that because when i left I was managing my manager because he was making a hash of it. There was many things. He was just like, what on earth are you doing? And I, as a like trainee pastor, was counseling him through how he should do his job. So was I ready to get promoted? Yes. That, that, that's not bragging. It's just sometimes you'll be in a job, you'll learn, you'll grow, and you're ready. But I didn't. I wasn't able to move outside and up within the bank because I'd gone part-time because I was studying to be a pastor. And as a result, They didn't want to invest in me because they knew I was moving on. So I was ready for the job increase. In fact, I was ready to just get out of there and find another job. And I looked at other jobs, but non-materialized. But what God taught me in those three years was stickability. For me, I had bounced into a lot of careers, a lot of jobs. And God knew that if I was to be a pastor who was to be here for years, that I needed stickability. Because I know from experience and from a lot of what Dave and other pastors have said is, we will go through difficult times. I will go through difficult times within this role where if it got really tough and I just said, forget it, I've had enough, I'm moving to another church, or I'm going to change profession altogether, then God can't, couldn't build what He wants to if it didn't have stickability. And so He kept me at that job as much as I hated it to develop in me that sense of, no, this is where you've called me. He had to teach in my character that when He's got you in a place, I need to stay there until He opens up fresh opportunity. And I can um, imagine if we go back to our, our servants that Two Bags Tony needed possibly to learn some humility. I could imagine that he thought, I'm brilliant at investment. I know when the harvest come. I know when to invest. In fact, I'm way better than Five Bags um, Fred. I am the one who should have got the five bags because I know what I'm doing. Everyone knows I'm better and actually I would have done a much better job. And the truth is, quite probably he would have. But what the master didn't want was to have a servant who was arrogant and cocky and in a sense of, I'm not working as a team, just get away from me everyone, let me do my job. And so, because the master knew that there's some real gold in this guy, in Two Bags Tony, that... I need to work on his character. Because if I don't work on his character and actually give them less than he's capable of so that I can develop humility in him, then what will happen is, yes, I'll come back and he'll have made a load of profit. But then no one will be want to work with him. And then actually I've lost him. I've got grand plans for this guy and if I give him what he wants, even though in the natural he's ready, he's going to throw it all away. And so if God's speaking to you right now saying, we need to work on your character a bit. And again, that's possibly even worse than him saying, you're not ready. It's saying you're not ready and here's possibly some reasons why. But can I encourage you, we look at the Bible, we, you can literally pick any biblical character and actually see a journey of God calls them, God uses them, but often they've got to go through messing up to realize that they can't do it on their own. They need to be humbled. Challenges come their way that they need to overcome with seeking God because God sees the bigger picture. God doesn't just see the next one or two years. He sees the next decade. For some people, the next 50 years. And He sees how he ha- what He has for you in the greater scheme. And so if God's saying, we need to work on your character, then be patient. He might specifically say, what areas of your character he needs to work on. And if he does, then you do everything you can to work on those. Seek God, pray, read the Bible, read books, speak to people in a given area. You know, if if you suffer from a lot of, you you get angry, then find someone who's really peaceful. And get around them and learn from them. If you're really stingy, get around someone who's really generous. Learn from them. But can I encourage you from Romans 5, 3-4, to 4, for those uh, people that God says he's got stuff to work in, he says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. So, let's allow God to do His work. And I think if any of us actually just could take a snapshot of where our lives were ten years ago, and look back over ten years and think, if I didn't listen to God, and I didn't allow Him to develop experience in me, develop my character flaws, to develop patience and all these other things, you know, the fruits of the Spirit. If He hadn't worked those fruits of the Spirit, where would I be now? And it's fair to say, and I can say this from my own life, and it will be the case for everyone, you wouldn't be where God wants you right now. And the truth is, that might still be a difficult place. But it's the broader picture that God sees who He wants you to minister to, who He wants you to befriend and share God's love. But this scripture encourages us that, look, through trials, through difficult periods, God's not letting that go to waste. He is working on your character. He's working on your weaknesses. And He's equipping you for what He has ahead. And then the third one, and, and this is this is one that is a, a good one that we can receive easily is not yet am I gonna tell you, well done, good and faithful servant, and move you on, because I've got something better for you. You see, there'll be times where we think, now's the time, I'm ready. Come on, God, let's move into this new season. And God could and it would still be good, but actually what God does is He says, no, not yet, because I've got better for you. Now, in the seasons I've been through, He's never told me that at the time. If He told us at the time, hang on, I've got something better for you, then, well, that would be easy, wouldn't it? But what God wants to do is develop our character and develop faith in us So that sometimes we don't know why we're not progressing. We don't know why things aren't changing. But we then have to have, like, and all of these three reasons, we need to have faith that God is in control. And then, when God does open up the doors to an amazing opportunity, we look back and say, thanks God. Thanks for stopping my ambition. Thanks for stopping me when I was telling God, now I'm ready. Because God had something so much better. And we can all look through our lives at probably countless times where we can say, I am so glad God's in control because what He brought in that season was infinitely better than I could have ever imagined or hoped for. And Ephesians 3.20 actually says that. It says, Now all glory to God who is able through His mighty power to work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Who wants infinitely more to accomplish infinitely more through God than we think we could? Yeah? No one's thinking, I'll take mine, God. I'm I'm quite happy with a mediocre portion. No, God is saying, I want to give you more So be patient. The truth is all of these points really kind of merge together where it's basically God is saying saying to you when you want to move to a new season, saying, no, you're not ready. And the truth is if you're not ready, it's often something to do with some things he wants to work in you and your character or he wants to give you more opportunities to strengthen and grow. And then there are times where he just sees the bigger picture and he doesn't want you to step out when he's got more for you. But we serve an amazing God. We serve a God who takes care of us, who wants the best for us. He wants to use us in ways that we can't imagine. And so, as I'm kind of coming into land, I want to ask you, what has, given you, what has God given you to take care of? There are many, many things. But let's say for church, first of all. What has God given you to take care of? Maybe it's leading one of the home groups. Maybe it's serving as a leader in children's church or youth or young adults. Maybe it's cleaning the church. Maybe it's washing the tea towels. Maybe it's welcoming people. Maybe it's serving them a cup of coffee. Maybe it's counting the collection. Maybe you're at a season of your life where you're not so physically able and so you can't get to everything, but He's called you to pray. These are all things that God gives us. And we, we might want to have more to do. We want, might want to have more authority. But God calls us to stay where we are to faithfully serve until he starts to do the moving. Then in your, maybe your your personal life, what have you been given? Maybe you've been called by God to look after your spouse. Maybe it's to, if you've got children, it's to raise them in the ways of the Lord. In your job, he's called you to serve with integrity and be a light in a dark place. Maybe if you're at a stage where your parents are elderly and aging, he's asked you to look after them, to honor them. Maybe it's to be a light in your neighborhood. Maybe you've got that neighbor who's an elderly woman who just doesn't get out much. And what he's given you is to be there for them, to do their shopping, to look after them, to spread Jesus' love with them and to share the Gospel. What's God given you to take care of? What's God given you to take care of? And what I want to do now is, as we just have a time where we reflect on what God has given you. I want you to realize that you're often in one of three seasons. You might be in a season where you have just come through a season where God has said, well done, good and faithful servant. I've got something new for you. And if he has, they're always good times. They're exciting times, but there aren't that many of them. And then for some of you, which will probably be the majority, maybe you're in the middle of those bookends of well done, good and faithful servant. And you are in a situation where you're kind of thinking, God, I'm finding this difficult. I'm finding work difficult. I'm finding family life difficult. Maybe I'm finding church life difficult and what I'm doing. And I want to do something new. I want something different. I want more. And if that's the case, what's God maybe saying to you? Is he saying that you're just not ready? You need more experience. You're just not ready because I want to do more through you in this season to uh, to serve the people around you. No, not yet, because I need to work on your character. Or for some of you, and and this will be more of a challenge, maybe you're in a situation like the one Wally, who God's given you something to pick up and run with, and he's actually got to say to you, look, you need to pick that bag of gold back up you need to actually do something more with it. You've dropped the ball, but I've got grace for you, and I want to encourage you, look, you need to get on with what I've given you. You're at a job that you don't want to be at. Yes, search for other jobs. But what God normally does is, when you're in the will of God, you don't find that doors have got a slight crack and you've got to push it open. You just get to a door and it's wide open. And then the next door is wide open and wide open and you go through. But when you come up against doors that are locked or they're stiff to open, when you're applying for jobs and promotions, possibly if you're looking for a spouse, there's many ways that in God's timing, He opens up those doors wide. So it's okay to, to push and to search, but I, I do believe that there'll be some people here where God is saying, look, I've asked you first of all to serve the family here, to be here on a regular basis. But you're not coming. And when you're not here, the church family miss out. I've asked you to serve in this given role at church but you're not really doing it with your heart behind it. I've asked you not to gossip at work and complain about the manager to your colleagues. I need you to stop doing that. So there's many ways where God will just probably prompt us in many areas of our lives to just say, hold on, this is what I've given you and I need you to pick it up again and I need you to do a better job. I need you to seek me for the strength to do it. Because here's what God does, is when we are His faithful servants, He says, well done, good and faithful servant. Because you've been faithful with the little I've given you, I have more for you. So be content with where God's got you. Don't be looking at other people and comparing and thinking I'd like what they have. I'd like the responsibilities they have because very easily you're distracted from the thing that God's given you and so instead of using the little God's given you, you're jealous and wanting what someone else has got and then you become one Wally who has been given a little and you're not even using that because you you want the two and you want the five. So let's just um, have a time now where we're just going to worship God. I've said plenty, but the key thing is is God will be speaking to your hearts. What's God been saying to you? And there's there's a response to that. Maybe he's not saying a great deal and you actually just have to rest in the peace knowing that God's in control. He's in charge. And to just serve faithfully where you are. The truth is is that's what God often does. He just lets us get on with what he's given us and he and he and he prompts us and directs us if we've gone off off track.